So we're here today, philosophers and madmen, with Dave Putman. Uh, yeah, me. That was him, stuttering Stanley, and myself, Josh Moran. And our guest today is our good friend Justin Hall from Atlanta, Georgia. Say hi, Justin. Hey there. How you guys doing? Lovely, lovely. Good Very to see you, boys. Yeah, great to see it's you. Been a bit. We finally got some of this recording figured out. <clears throat> so. Um, what are your deepest, darkest secrets, and what do you think about when nobody's around? <laughs> <laughs> Start off nice and light. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in all, well, your, go ahead, man. Yeah, if you want. Well, I just wanted to say thank you guys for having me. Oh, uh, hell yeah! You look at your freaking uh, at your guest you've had on here. It's, it's kind of weird that I'm I'm, I'm included in here, so I'm, I'm honored. And I, you know, you guys are my buddies, but professionally we don't talk that much, mm -hmm. other than like at IACP, but. You know, shout out to both you guys. You both, I respect what you guys do a lot. Um, not just with dogs. You guys got this whole life thing figured out too. Um, <laughs> for the most part. But uh, you're, you're one of the, you guys are the two of the few uh, trainers I actually follow on social media um, because you're not yelling in your car. Um, most of, most of the time. <laughs> oh man, when I'm yelling in my car, I definitely don't want no. to be recording. Yeah. Do not. Record. No, I don't. No. In all seriousness, you guys are a lot of fun, and you're very humble about what you do. So, much I appreciate love. that, man. I appreciate, I appreciate that, and we're that super greatly. stoked to have you on here. So, thank um, you. Justin's been a good friend of ours for a number of years, and I actually met Justin. Uh, what was it, man? How long ago was that? It was a while back, but Justin, six years. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. I was teaching uh, an electronic collar seminar with uh, Tyler Muto, and you came out with a bunch of folks, and we had a really good time. We got to share some. I info. did get into some trouble and uh you know just enjoy the crap out of ourselves so ever since then justin's been my iacp date and uh you know we've we've really <laughs> kind of done some some big things together in that regard but i've also come down and, and stayed with you in your home which is is one of the biggest kind of uh I don't, i'm not compliments but um maybe a compliment it's 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 something that always makes me feel really cool when i get to go and just spend some time with somebody do their stuff they show me around their city that's huge to me i, I always appreciate yeah. the crap out of that we love having you here yeah, and i've uh, i've really come to love atlanta because of that, that means a lot to me so, i knew you would just the amount of craft breweries alone i knew you'd love this place absolutely absolutely <laughs> <clears throat> so um you've been training dogs uh so you know for those folks who don't know justin justin is a professional dog trainer and he's been running a business in Atlanta for how long? Uh, coming up on nine years Fantastic. in January, actually, wow. of 2020. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. The Atlanta Dog Wizard. Yeah. And so that brings me to one of the things we wanted to touch on. You are part of a franchise corporation, correct? I am the Dog Wizard. Yeah. And how many different Dog Wizards are there? Well, man, um, <laughs> I should know this, um, but we actually, it's public knowledge now. We actually just um, merged with another company, Upbeat Canine. Okay. So I think we're around like 25-ish right now. Cool. Um, but yeah, when, I, when we started, I was the first one to go out on my own. Uh, well, me and Nashville. Mm. And, um, you know, it was kind of like an experiment. Because um, me and the guy in Nashville went up to Charlotte and trained at that facility for six months, like everything from e-collar to nose work, to agility, to puppy programs. And like, we lived up there. Um, and then at the end of, we were supposed to stay there for a year, but like at the end of six months, they were pretty much like, Hey, let's just, let's just go for it and see what happens. Um, and it's evolved quite a bit over the years through, you know, mistakes, changes in the industry, mm -hmm. things that work and, and, and things like that. That's awesome. And so in your, you know, there's recently been a whole lot of fire thrown at some of the oh, yeah. franchise organizations. And I think it's really easy for people to kind of lump all franchise folks together, right? Like, oh, they're yes. franchise dog trainers. And you know, that's definitely not the best way to go about it. Uh, in my personal opinion, when I started training dogs, I was uh, technically an employee of a franchise organization. So when Tyler was first starting his business, he was part of Sit Means Sit Dog Training. I don't know how many people know that. I don't know how much he talks about it, but that was definitely where 
some of the beginnings of that business came from. So um, I've had some experience being part of a franchise, not a ton of it for sure, but uh, if there's some positives that you think are being overlooked, what would you say they are? Well, um, for me, and I want to go back to that too about in a second. Don't let me forget. I want to, I want to kind of talk about that. It's, it's weird being a franchise uh, owner, especially in of, of things that have happened in this wonderful year we've had yeah. here in 2019. But um, honestly, the biggest thing for me, like number one, it really got me going, like mm-hmm. started. Like I was, they, they, I reached out to them at a point in my life where I was looking for a major life change. And I don't think I would have had the, to be honest with you, the guts to like go out on my own and like, I wouldn't have any idea how to market myself. I wouldn't know. I mean, dog training ability aside, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't have had the business acumen to do it. So, um, that helped me out a lot just to get going. I think the biggest thing for me now, especially living in a a city of 8 million people is that, um, we, I pay a franchise fee, and this is just how I kind of break it down in my head, is that I picture that that money is going to my office staff that I have. <laughs> now, they're the office staff for all 23 locations, five super amazing girls that are, you know, herding cats and, and, and um, spinning plates all at the same time. But they're handling that because for me personally, I hate scheduling. I can't stand it. Um, and it, it gets confusing, like going back and forth with people. So I have somebody that can completely handle that. Um, it makes us, you know, it definitely helps us stand out for the competition here in the city, um, which there's a lot. Um, and it, um, it just makes things go a lot smoother. I feel a lot more confident knowing that I have them helping me out and scheduling, especially with a staff of, I have four people working for me now, which is pretty crazy to even say that, but um, of how far, how much we've grown. But like I said, this is a huge city and there's a it's a, it's a great market for what we do. Um, there's so many people in the perfect demographic for what I, I would say, at least of like 25 to 30, late thirties, you know, young, maybe not have kids yet, but just got a dog or I've had a dog for a while or about to have a kid <laughs> and they, they need help. I mean, that's 90% of our clients, you know? Um, so just to manage all that, it, it helps a lot. Um, that's the biggest thing. I, I'm really not to mention, I mean, we also get together every year, which is cool. We get some big names coming in. Like last year, we had Joel Silverman come in and do his tricks workshop with us, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then I saw him do the same thing at IACP, which was cool. But we, we got a whole three days with that dude. So I got to hang out with him and pick his brain and stuff. And that was all free to everybody in the franchise. That was really cool. And we got a support network, obviously. But like the biggest thing is for me personally is the scheduling because I hate that shit. But um, kind of back to what you were saying too, like it's tough, man, because you feel like a pariah in this industry anyway, sometimes because you're a balanced trainer. You know, there's a lot of shit talk about what we do yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and, and it's tough and you're always, you know, I don't want to say on the defensive, especially at this stage of my career, I, I know exactly what to say to everybody almost, almost, but um. But then on top of that, you go to a conference, and I didn't, I didn't get this at IACP. I was worried about it, though. But you see people post in, in there about talking trash about franchise, and it's like, yo, you're a balanced trainer. Don't you hate when people lump you in <laughs> with all this? Or do you not see the irony in this? Um, but going to that, they have every right for some of the stuff that happened this year. Sure. Um, I would say, and not just this year, but other years. And that's one of the reasons that we actually merged with Upbeat is because we really want to raise the industry standard for and the and people's perception of franchises. We have a very like rigorous like training process now that even to come and like the barrier for entry into our organization is pretty huge now, which I love. Um, and we're just we want to get out in front of this. Um, especially with everything that, that, that's gone on. So I'm really proud of everybody that's out there representing us. And if I wasn't, I mean, you know me, I wouldn't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. But that's what, that's one thing that bugged me. But I, I got to say at ICT, man, everybody was super cool and had nothing but good things to say to me about the dog wizard and stuff. Sure. So I was proud of that. And you guys always come out and enforce per se too. You know, you guys always come out to ICP conference with a, with a gang of folks, which I think is really cool, man. Aside of the yearly learning kind of workshop you guys do, which which is huge. I'm, I'm not certain that every franchise 
out there does that. And I don't mean like every dog wizard franchise. I mean every conglomerate of franchise-based dog training. I don't know that they have a yearly training event. They very well may. I just don't know that much about it. Well, that's the problem is I think a lot of them were just selling licenses to their name. I know for a fact one, and I'm not going to mention any names, but the worst one this year, if you just Google, <laughs> everybody listed out there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. That's cool, man. That uh, I was always, one thing I do wish I always had sometimes is a little bit of support from the franchise. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Especially scheduling because... You know, when you're doing this as a, I, I can't even say that Josh is a one man show anymore because I know Jess is helping quite a bit with the schedule. Yeah, he's lucky. Yeah. Whereas then, <laughs> when, when people call the art of dog and they get me, they're like, all right, so who, uh, I'm going to talk to Dave. I'm like, well, unfortunately, you're talking to him. Uh, <laughs> scheduling is not my strong suit. Uh, although the more and more I think about it, I, I, I want someone to do that stuff for me, but I, don't at the same time because I feel like I might lose some of that freedom that I have to just be like, yeah, I don't know, like, you know, but um, I totally get that. And I, I struggle with that a lot. And it was tough for me to stop responding to emails like and let and I was the only franchise that was still doing it. And I was the first one to launch, <laughs> but I was the only franchise that was still doing it like a year and a half ago. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get that. It's tough to let go. But man, it's like this beast just has to run itself sometimes. Yeah, I I, it's like I have this death grip on it because I've been thinking of just starting to like uh, get a couple people on a, I don't want to, I guess on a payroll is it 1090 then for just for some yeah. help for some walking you know because the more boarding trains I'm taking in I find myself like pulling wearing myself a little thin in different places you know how many do you take at a time I try and only take two at a time but for the past yeah, me too. two months I've had three that's tough yeah including my own dogs now like currently there's six dogs with me including my two and it's like you know yeah you've got to make your time for your dogs and you've got to make time for each of them uh thankfully and run your and run your business business, respond to emails get get eight hours of sleep eat healthy (laughs) come on i don't do that life is tough life can be tough but I think what's really cool about our jobs in general is that we get to we make it work, right? Because I know for I like to take the dogs that I take in for board and train. I take them with me when I need to do things like yeah, me too. Run an errand, and I can walk there. You're coming with me, right? And that's a, a great training opportunity that I think a lot of. Um, I think it's a point. It's important to point out too. While you are a franchise owner, you do have the freedom of being able to take those dogs out, right? Because if you follow your social media, you see that the dogs are out in public. And to me, yeah. that means a lot. Like if I was going to send my dog somewhere, I would want to be like, well, is my dog just going to be in a building the whole time or walk around the neighborhood? That's gross. Right? Like, That's no. gross to me. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, everything about facilities sounds gross to me, to be honest with you. Staffing at number one is the grossest. Oh, but, okay, no. but that's one of the, that's one of the, I mean, yeah, we don't have a facility. Um, I don't want a facility ever. We're just mobile or the dog's, stay with us in our home. And I mean, that to me, that makes more sense. I mean, I know my home is a completely different environment and then, than the, the people I'm taking the dog back home to. And the, the dog doesn't understand this is a house, that's a house or whatever, but it is as similar as it can be. And yeah, I get you. If you, if you're not taking your dogs like out hanging out with you or just, you know, if you don't have your dog hanging out with you while you play video games or watch a movie, the dogs that you're training, like, what are you, I mean, what are you doing? I don't know. Because that's what I know. I follow you guys. I follow you guys. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all, <clears throat> to a, some degree, a little bit similar in, in our views on a facility. And I don't know about you, but I've definitely worked in an environment that was facility based, right? All the dogs come here, they stay here, they live here, whether it's a month or two weeks or whatever. But, um, you know, you can do things, take the dogs out and go for walks, that type of stuff. And it's obviously something that's going to add to the dog's beneficial training. But it doesn't ever seem to be as easy for that dog to adapt back into a home environment as it is for dogs that are actually living in a home environment. Um, And some of this, you know, we are a bit of a three peas in a pods. And what I mean by that is, you know, dummies. So (laughs) in a sense is I do rebel against a certain level of responsibility for better or worse. You know, that served me really well in some aspects of my life and it's kind of crippled me in others. But the responsibility that comes with a facility 
in order to run the facility, exactly as you said, now I have to staff the facility. And now there's people that are reliant upon me. Oh, dude. Then that, you know, it's as much as I can deal with to have Jessica as a partner in my business. And the fact that we are very reliant on one another to add somebody else is just something that I really honestly have very, very little interest in whatsoever. It's tough, dude. Um, the, the people I got working with me now are awesome. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I couldn't be happier, but I mean, it just, it still is just tough. Yeah. Um, and I don't, only one of them does a board and train in their house. Um, and that's because she's been with me the longest shout out to cat. Um, the, the best. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Not very good at foosball, but she's pretty awesome. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, and the and uh, <laughs> the others just want to do the mobile training. And then the new girl that just joined me, she actually um, is interested in doing um, the board trains. But um, it, it eventually, and she'll get there. It's um, it's just tough, like knowing these dogs are in somebody else's house. Like I, I lose sleep <laughs> yeah, sure. knowing they're in my house. You sure. know, it, it, like it just worry, but. I've in the past year or so I've, I've, I've learned to like relax and most of it's because of the staff, but mm-hmm. compound that to a facility. I used to manage um, a dog daycare um, in my uh, early twenties, like when I was in college and I was, and so if somebody didn't show up at 6am to clean up dog shit, I was the first person they, that called and had to come in and I was stoked to do it. You know, I mean, I, I didn't like getting that call. Somebody didn't show up, but that's the thing. It's tough to find somebody to come in and clean up dog shit at 6 a.m. in the morning, every morning and, and let dogs out and, and then trust them. And I, I think that also comes, I think all three of us also take this really freaking seriously when it comes to the dog's safety and well-being. Absolutely. You know, and I think that that's a big, a big part of it. And I feel a lot safer knowing that the dudes are in my house um, and I can hear them um, if any, if anything's going down overnight, you know? Yeah. Um, so but like that call in the morning is the worst. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I've, I've been there. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, it, it's a really high liability industry, but it, there's so yeah. much trust involved too. And it's a lot easier to keep client trust. I think when it's, I don't want to necessarily say a one man show, but a bit of that rather than yeah. you're trying to kind of, you know, outsource this trusting relationship to other people that, you know, they're likely not going to be meeting with in the same capacity, you know, because people start uh, to learn your name. You get a lot of word of mouth referral. Uh, I know at least we do. And, you know, they, they even sometimes call up and talk to Jessica and they're like, well, who the hell is this lady? Right? Like you're not Josh. (laughs) Right? So it's like, sometimes it's a little bit of a, a difficulty in that sense, but yeah, it's it's tricky because I, that was another part reason I didn't want to hire anybody. Um, and, you know, I honestly could could do without a staff. I, I think I would struggle in competing um, with everybody, and I would miss out on a, on on, a, on helping a lot of people. And to be honest, a lot of a business, you know. Yeah. But um, it, so it was. It's tough just to be known as a group called the Atlanta Dog Wizard when I used to be. I'm the Atlanta Dog Wizard, yeah. you know. But yeah. <laughs> but now we're we're an organization, and I, I there's a lot to it that I dig, but. Um, I'll be honest with you, man. I just turned 40 and it gets really, really hot here in Atlanta. As you know, it's disgusting. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Uh, and it's getting tougher and tougher to, to be out there all the time. And I, I'm, yeah. I kind of like this shift that I'm, I'm turning into like, you know, more of a mentorship for people coming through. Um, and that's the other thing too, is everybody that works for me, you know, they have the opportunity to the, through the franchise after I give them a, a pass, they can go open a franchise wherever the hell they want. Um, and we're going international, I think this year, which is pretty rad. I already called dibs on Amsterdam, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but, um, so, but as, as I'm transitioning, getting older, I'm, I'm looking for ways to kind of like pump the brakes and, you know, it's my never ending quest to do as little as possible yeah. as well. I'm not, yeah. I'm not about bragging about that grind. Like, like some oh, people. Oh God. That's, yeah, that's, that's, oh my God. You mean recording a video in your car? Because you can't yeah. possibly do it anywhere else because you're always grinding? Listen, All man, right. I know there's a lot of people out there that do embrace the grind, and I feel some of that. I really do, but. Oh, I, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. You know, this nerd, is stuff but... that I've, I've talked about plenty with, with, you know, folks that are willing to listen or some, some folks who ask, uh, is I don't necessarily 
have the brain for the work now, retire and enjoy your life later. That just doesn't ever really resonate with me in a way that seems like it's worth my time and effort. Yeah. You know, it's a, I've, I've seen a lot of people come and go in my life way younger than I thought they should. And oh, yeah. that's the type me of too. thing that I just think working my fingers to the bone now so that when I'm 60 and can't use your hands. Yeah, man. It's like, that's the time that I, I get to like enjoy it. It just seems silly. And I know that I've personally, I've had a, a bit of a struggle in a sense, uh, learning and just figuring out what the, what the right balance is for me, because there have been times where it's like, no, I'm basically going to do as little as possible for this entire year, business wise or work wise. It doesn't always serve me well in the long term. I know that. But finding a balance that can be productive and you still get to enjoy your life, I think, is something a lot more people need to put some real deal time and effort into. You know, and filling every moment of your day and working yourself to the point where you almost stop enjoying training dogs to me is, is just not the way to go about my life. I just can't do that. Yeah. And I mean, replace training dogs with anybody else's business, you yeah, know, yeah, exactly. um, and it's, it's the same thing. And I, but I, yeah, but in our industry, especially, I think there's a lot of people, I was this way when I started, man, but I was just so thankful to like be making money, number one. And, mm-hmm. and then also like, holy shit, I'm doing something I dreamed about as a kid. You know, yeah. I'm working with animals all the time and I was just doing as much as I could. And now, you know, and it's tough to turn people away, but we get booked out just because of the way that we operate. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like the way that we operate. Sure. It gets results. We are able to help as many people, but I mean, we get booked out and I feel bad. There's some people I know I could take their dog right then, <laughs> take it home and, and in two weeks, you know, two, three weeks, dog will be, they'll be perfect, you know, not perfect, but you know, in a, in a much better place. Sure. Uh, but man, you know me, I'm all about living that, uh, work and retire lifestyle at the same time. I feel you. It's I, a, it's you, a, sorry, go ahead. It's, no, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's weird because there's like a slight delay on the, on the iPad. So I'm like, is he done talking? I can't tell. I, I hope, it, I hope it sounds okay. You sound great. We figured this out. It took us yeah. a long time, but uh, I, recently just started getting myself into that whole like hey man you could take a weekend off it's cool hmm. like taking it's important yeah i've been taking a few days off in a row like i've been going to compete in a couple tournaments that are not local like i'm going to new york in november to go compete and i took but you live in new york well new york city we're going to the big apple that's one of my favorite things that annoys you guys that i know would annoy me too is whatever yeah. you tell people you're from <laughs> buffalo they're like hey have you have you so when was the last time you were in yeah, Manhattan? What's, what's New York City like? Never. Like, yeah, never. <laughs> I, it's, it, it took me a while to embrace that. Just like, no, nah, dude, it's okay to uh, not do something this day. Uh, my my. So one thing I learned from Josh was Sundays and Mondays are your days off. And oh, my, I love it. My dumbass works almost every Sunday. Um, but then now I'm like, you know what? I got to not do that. I, I, I don't want to do that. It's I need my two days. I want my two days. So you have to, yeah, it's especially in what I've come to realize too, is like, well, I would like to stress to people too. Like when you have born trains, you don't really get a day off. Like you don't, you're not, no, you don't, there's no day where I'm like, I don't have to do anything with dogs. They're like, nah, dude, I still got to do stuff, mm-hmm. but it, there's no like, you know, three hours on the road going here, going there, peeing in a cup. Cause there's no bathroom around that sort of thing. You guys don't do that. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, but I, I people think I'm that. crazy. So a lot of trainers, especially in our franchise, they don't like doing the um, board trains. Some don't offer it. Um, and I, I kind of get that, you know, because, and I, I'll board dogs that I've trained in the past too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a decent setup where I can fit, you know, a, a good number of dogs, but I try to limit it to six. But um, I've all, I'm always cool with having dogs in my house. You know, I've always been like, it's, it's fun for me. I totally get how that would stress some people out. And I think a lot of it has to do with the relationship you're in too. Like if your significant other, like, you know, <laughs> has a, has an issue with it or, you know, and it's tough even with my wife is super cool with it. But when she works from home sometimes, you know, it some, it does get in the way. And I hate, you know, for her to be annoyed by if, it, if, if I'm working with a, a loud dog or, 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 or it's a dog barking or something like that. Um, but uh, it's it's tough and, and that's super important and you guys seem to have that on lockdown or that's a terrible way to put it but you guys <laughs> seem to have uh, great partners in your life as well that are super supportive and josh you know jeff even helps you out that's 
that's right. Yeah, no, it's, it really makes my life a hell of a lot easier. I mean, she spearheads all the business stuff, and I'm really, really happy she did. You know, she started in the dog industry a long, long time ago, but only recently has begun taking any real interest in a little bit more of the hands-on stuff. You know, she uh, is very vocal about being the, the puppy lady, right? She'll train puppies, <laughs> but if there's any real chance that a dog might bite her, her opinion is basically, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck all that. Nah, nah, I'm not interested in that. Dude. Right? Like, you deal with that stupid. Yeah. yeah. She should come down here and work, man. All we do is golden doodle. She's like talked about that plenty of times. Yeah, she's <laughs> talked about that plenty I got fucking bit right? by a golden doodle. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but, beat me in there. Yeah, well, that dog answer. wouldn't go to Justin, I'm telling you right he's now. A, he's a mini, he was a mini golden doodle, and he was awesome. Yeah, there's been more than one occasion where we've had, like, a joking argument. She goes, well, fuck that. I'll just go work for Justin. <laughs> offer, offer stand. Yeah, no doubt. Offer stand. Uh, so outside of some of the things you've talked about in the context of franchises, in the sense of having a cool support system, being able to be a bit hands off with the scheduling and, um, you know, being able to have the opportunity to grow into a mentor type position, which I've, I've come to really enjoy over the years. Anything else that really stands out to you as a, as a big positive? I mean, that's, those are the biggest ones. Yeah. Honestly. And it, it you know, we're, and we're talking about this work-life balance. I, I was doing everything, man, for the yeah. longest time, you know, doing all these, I don't do private lessons anymore mm-hmm. um, because there's this city is amazing, but there is the shittiest traffic oh, arguably on the planet. And you've only seen a little bit of it. Uh, it, it it's awful. So I, you know, just, I just focus on the board and trains that I, that I take and, and going out and, and meeting new clients and, um, or potential clients and like that. So it, it's helped me with my work-life balance a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's, that's the, I mean, it's tough to let go though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's tough to put people out there with, you know, representing you, especially on something that I've worked so hard for. and I'm so proud of, you know, but you just got to find the right people. You can't just freaking hang up a help wanted sign, you know, yeah. um, which sucks about our industry. And that's you know, people get mad when they have to wait to, you know, for an evaluation or whatever. And it's like, yo, I'm sorry. I, I can't just like hire. It's not like hiring a, a server, you know, yeah. Yeah. We got to get some, no, 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 no insults to servers out there or anything, but there, it, it, there, there's a lot more into it, you know, for, for this, but. Well, yeah, I mean, serving, let's be honest, it's like the, the likelihood that you're really going to like ruin something. And if you do ruin something, it's just, it's way less stressful. Like you mess up a yeah. dish, like, ah, bummer. Right. Like you let a, you lose a dog. Yeah. That's, that's not that's fun. A- That'll bury that's you. more of a, it's a big bummer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. My, absolutely. Well, I had that conversation with my mom recently because she was saying, well, I think you might need help. I was like, well, I think I do need some help. She said, why don't you just like hire a college kid or a high school kid to walk a dog? <laughs> I was like, what are you fucking nuts? No. Mm-mm. Absolutely no. She was like, I'll do Dude. it. And I was like, no. Yeah. I won't even let you walk my dogs. I, even, pro, even pros make mistakes, man. And if you know, the one thing I, so I've been a professional trainer for, you know, almost 10 years and I, and I've, but I've been doing around dogs for, or in a professional capacity, you know, managing dog daycares for 20 years. And I have seen, I think I've seen it every, at all, but every week something new and wacky will fucking happen, you know, out of nowhere. I, there was a, a, the wackiest thing that happened to me this year, there was a dog like rolling around in my front yard and just playing. And she was like super sensitive. Um, like I dropped my keys on the way to walk in one time and she screamed. So she's like one of those, you know, yeah, like yeah, sure. three, three, three on an e-collar the first time. And it's like it scream. So this, and all of a sudden this dog starts screaming bloody murder. And I just thought she was playing with a, another dog. And I thought that other dog was like a little bit too rough with her. And it's out in my front yard and I live really close to people. So <laughs> I was worried that everybody yeah. could think, I was, you know, yeah. something was going on. Justin's over there and beating I, dogs again. Mm-hmm. Again, there he goes. Um, hey, results, baby. And then um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, and I go over there and the other dog is freaked out too. So I'm like, wow, why, if, that, if this dog is freaked out, there must be something going on. She had a freaking stick, like about the size of a toothpick sticking through her eyelid. Yeah. And yeah, it was, fucking, I've never seen that. I don't even know where the hell she got it, but I pulled it out and there was a little bit of blood. She, she stopped screaming. I took her to the, to the vet and everything, but there, there's just random little shit like that that can happen. I never thought in a, in a million years that a dog just rolling in my, front yard, which is just nothing but grass, something like that would happen. 
Yeah, yeah. brutal. You see weird shit. I, just, I was picking up shit earlier today, and I was like, why is that shit really red? Oh, that's probably your owner's underwear. Oh, look at that. Yes. It is. So <laughs> I've seen that a couple times, too. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're listening, I do have a pair of your underwear in my garbage <laughs> tin right now. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful champ. That's like, what? It just... Just shit like that happens all the time, right? I have that little backyard set up with a big axe pen blocking the path, and I'm like, it's five and a half feet tall. No dog's going to try and jump that. The first time I let the dog outside, she's like, ah, fuck that. I'll jump it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Run yeah, down, man. Running down the street in my underwear at six in the morning. Like, come on. Like, I, yeah. So I'm going to totally change gears here, if that's cool Uh-oh. for you two. Buckle up. Dongs. Um, and nope, if it's not cool for you, too fucking bad. So um, I don't... I would like to get into a subject that is easy for me to rant and rave about. Ooh, um, oh, shit. Right? It's one of the subjects that I probably have more fiery opinions on than even oh, the boy. Toronto Maple Leafs, right? So, blue cheese <laughs> versus. <laughs> yeah, no, not the blue cheese ranch thing. That is a done deal as far as I'm concerned. Uh, People that say opossum instead of possum? Oh, that's a real thing. I know. Okay. Yeah, Anyhow, do you guys wrong, know I used to have a pet possum? That's not. It's a Canada goose. It's a Canada Canada goose, not a Canadian goose, too. That drives me crazy. Uh, I could just call them a varmint, right? (laughs) It's a nuisance. So what I was uh, thinking about bringing up is essentially... I don't, not in a, in a let's rip on these particular people, but I would more like to get your opinion on perhaps why this phenomenon is happening in the sense of dog trainers transitioning to life coaches. Oh, fuck. And uh, again, like I don't want to have a bashing session because I think there are a lot of people that that can bring something to the table in a variety of ways. Now, I I was interested to hear what you guys think would likely be one of the driving causes, because I have seen this when I first started training dogs. This was a non-issue. This was not something that happened ever. It just it wasn't around. But now it seems to be almost a very natural progression for some folks as they're, they're moving into like a life coach type of mentor position. And, and it's all self-ascribed, right? So what, what do you guys think about that? Now, are you, are you referring to um, trainers that are life coaching clients or trainers that are actively seeking out other dog trainers to, to coach? I'm talking or- about both. Right? Yeah. And, and more so than, than just trying to, I guess, point the finger or, um, you know, definitely I don't, I'm not interested in naming names or anything like that. But it, it's more not. so to me, where is this coming from? And like, why is this phenomenon happening? What, what seems to be quite regularly? Um, I have thoughts. Let's hear them. I'd like to hear them. I just lost video, um, but I, I hope That's we don't terrible. get disconnected again. We'll still um, hear you. We'll still talk over okay, this. Good. Fine. So, um, well, as far as like the the easiest thing I can talk about right now is, is is like as far as people can transition into just being life coaches for their clients or whatever, and then to start calling themselves life coaches. I can kind of understand that. I'm not justifying it. I can't see your face right now. I'm not justifying it. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to you talk last week. Um, um, when you, you were, or last your last podcast, and uh, you were talking about like so, something like, well, just put a leash on the dog, you know. <laughs> so there are, you know, there are these simple things that we kind of realize, and if you kind of break it down, you know, this is nothing new to either of you guys, but it it comes down to people making adjustments in their life, you know, to to really help the dogs out for in the long run. Yes, there is a lot of training we have to do and things like that, but sometimes people have to make some adjustments um, as well, and. So I guess I can kind of start slipping into like, well, I, I'm so disciplined and I can do this. I can probably give people advice on how to, um, how to go, <laughs> how to, how to eat better and, and, and live their life better and things like that. I, they all, I mean, it's, it's a very slim Venn diagram, sure. but I, and, and how you can be so full of yourself to think that, um, I, we actually had a client who, um, she is the president of the Georgia environmental lawyer association. And, um, she's, you know, went to Harvard, um, and, and she had a, a, a trainer that she fired because the trainer kept trying to tell her she should live her life better. And it's like, why would you think that you can tell this lady <laughs> that went to arguably the best school in the world that has this cr- incredible prestigious life that she's not living her life right. You know, like, so like stay in your lane, 
dog trainer. Sure. Um, that's for that. I, I'm again, I'm not justifying it. I'm just kind of playing douchebags advocate there. Um, but, um, as far as the freaking trainers that are quote unquote trainers that transition into like wanting to mentor other trainers because they're marketing experts and, and, and things like that. I honestly think they're predators. Mm. I have very strong feelings about this too. Um, as dog training has, you know, exploded in the past couple of year, five, 10 years, whatever. Um, like there, there's a lot of opportunity out there for them to seek people that aren't getting enough quote unquote self care, don't know how to apply a hashtag, you know, things like that. And I think they're easy to prey upon. I, I think there are some trainers out there that are struggling, you know, um, and to get going and they're looking for any sort of help. So, and I, I totally get where they're coming from. I just don't, at least in my experience, and I've been to workshops where some of these people have spoken, um, I, I, they're not offering anything mm. that to me isn't just common knowledge. And, and, they, and they really seem like snake oil salesmen to me. And they, they give me what I call the douche chills whenever I hear them talk. That's wonderful. That's fair. But Dave, you, you, want to you got some, some shit to say? Oh, I do. Because I know you guys, I know, I, I know I've joked about this on social media before, and I think you're the only one who's commented on it, Justin, because I knew, <laughs> I knew most of those jokes are for you. Um, oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it, I think it stemmed, it stems, it's got to stem from the platform that these people are given. So, I mean, we're not naming names, but I'm sure the three of us are all thinking of a similar group. Uh, we're, there's a platform that we're given, and when you hit a certain number of followers, and you hit a certain number of comments, and you hit a number of, I don't know, like we'll call it likes, Instagram hearts, and things like that, all of a sudden you get this inflated uh, sense of self-importance, right? Sure, the, th <laughs> the three of us have things we can offer to clients and other people, right? We change our clients' relationships with their dog. Right, we ask for specific lifestyle changes, like, "Hey, put your dog in a crate instead of leaving it out at night, and it probably won't tear your couch apart." That uh, definitely won't tear your couch apart. But when you get these people <clears throat> that feed on that, right? It's that that life energy of, "Oh, I just said that. Fuck me." Um, you get, <laughs> you, get the, you get that uh, that inflated sense of self-importance again like oh these people are reaching out to me like who, and for me it's really hard because I tell people this all the time well, I'm just a dude like I'm you reach yeah. out to me I'm just a guy who knows shit I read a lot of books okay I spend a lot of time watching people train dogs and learning how to train dogs so I just know this stuff I'm no better than you when it comes to living I mean, obviously, I'm better than you, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, it's it's this inflated sense that like, okay, so now let's get into writing books, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've got all this new information to say. Like, fuck off. It's the same shit that you've been spouting. Uh, one thing that Josh always says that is always sits differently with me is, okay, like, yeah, you're posting all this shit on social media. You're posting all these live videos. Cool. Where are you training these dogs? Like where where's the training? Where where where's the dogs being trained? How are you training the dogs? Because oftentimes you'll see, eventually you can look back in the past of these videos and see the dogs being trained, and it's just kind of gross. Sure. What it is? It's just the. Sure. It's not good training. It's not thoughtful. Yeah. It's it's just the overall sense is just gross training. But you've got, I don't know, I uh, I broke a thousand followers on Instagram, and I feel weird feel good about it but it feels kind of like damn you're sort of important but then you got people with 15,000 followers 20,000 followers and they're just literal stories of them in their car walking down the street hustling that sort well, of thing we would yeah it's I think there's a lot of ego in this industry too oh, there's and, a huge amount of ego. and I I will be the first to admit that um, I mean I've never done a selfie ranting video of me driving but you know when I got into this like I'd never seen stuff like this before and I couldn't believe I was doing it. Um, I couldn't believe I could have six dogs placed while I, while I play Dragon Ball Z Budokai, you know? Uh, um, and so I'd get a picture of that and I'd post it and I'd brag about it. And, and now whenever I see that, I'm like, that's like one of the easiest fucking things in the world to do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping some of these people are newer, but I know some of them are not. Some of them have been around for a very long well, there's time. There's some people out there that also do a lot of videos where, you know, like I don't necessarily appreciate 
the video context, right? So I don't, I don't like seeing a whole lot of videos that is a close-up of your face and you're just talking. Like to me, that's not very interesting. I don't get a lot of value out of that. But that's not to say that there aren't clients out there who are really like hoping that another video comes out to clarify an idea. And, you know, so it's hard for me, the more experiences I have in all types of directions, it's harder for me to just full on shit on things anymore, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, I love shitting on things. So much fun. It's, it's, I like being a contrarian in a lot of ways, but. Yeah, you do. Yeah. uh, No, you don't. (laughs) Part of it to me, I think is the relationship that we develop with human beings, if you start getting good in this industry, it's very rarely because you're consistently putting out a very bland paint by numbers approach to altering another living creature's behavior. There's a lot of ways that we have to learn to relate to human beings. One of them I think is, you know, analogies, anecdotes, those types of things that are really easily relatable to people. You wouldn't do A, B, or C, so why are you doing A, B, and C with your dog, right? And sometimes I think that really becomes like a parasitic thing for some folks. You know, they just tell people what to do all day. And it is a weird, weird situation to be in, man. I've like walk into people's house and like tell them what to do, tell their wife what to do, tell their kids what to do. Right? And, and it's like a weird relationship to have if you're looking at like, hey, I'm here, therefore you have to listen to me. And then you find out they don't have a dog. Sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I think in a lot of those cases, it can become very easy to just say, hey, I've got all the answers. I've got these, yeah. you know, pieces of information. Um, so I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about, and I just don't really have a, a clear pinpoint as far as what has been causing this type of thing to happen. Not that I think it's an inherently negative thing. I certainly think that there are some negative things coming out of it, but I don't think that everybody who's, you know, trying to get into self betterment or like life coaching is inherently evil or doing a bad job. I do, no. however, mm-hmm. sometimes think about uh, George Carlin when it comes to like life coaches and like hashtag self help. Is uh, you know he he had the joke about reading a self help book. It's like if you truly helped yourself, you wouldn't need the fucking book, right? So it's it's one of those things where. Yeah, you're taking advice, you're taking coaching. I've just seen it really kind of proliferate with a lot of different people over the, you know, I'd, I'd say probably the past five years, it's really become a big thing that people are transitioning into you know, a mental yeah. life coach. Yeah, I would, a good way to tell for me is like, well, for example, if you look at the three of our business Instagram accounts, I, yours is not, yours is the same, but yeah, mine don't how, exist, many, bro. how many videos and pictures of, us are there on these accounts right how much of it is us saying things zero especially in the summer because i'm usually topless yep Ooh, i know <laughs> that to be true so i do have to clarify i do have to clarify very recently i've just started taking portraits of myself and the board and train dogs and posting them on my instagram account and well, yeah two yeah two things there you're a very talented photographer and you're 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 easy on the eyes, baby. Thank you and thank you, and that is exactly why I post it. I'm playing to my strengths. <laughs> right? it's, a, like, it's not a cell phone. It's not a shitty cell phone picture. It's a legitimate camera, and uh, that has been the reason I post those is because it garners interest in the business. People, for example, you've got what th- I think it's like three seconds for someone to look at your picture before they move on, mm. and you want something striking in it, right? So. Instead of them just seeing the beginning of my face, super close up of me holding a cell phone, you know, as an arm length away, you've got something to see. You've got, I'm going to go art mode for a minute. You've got textures, you've got positions, you've got shapes, you've got light. And that to me, but again, it's, it's way more about, should be way, should be way more about content than 30 minutes of you telling me something that you've told me last week on your story or whatever yeah the cynic in me just really chalked it down to narcissism and i mean that's just a huge part of our society now anyhow especially with you know social media being so easy and uh, for people to get out there and and put their their stuff out there but then you compound that with i mean i really think there's a a shitload of ego (laughs) in in our business and that, that can be a good thing you know to an extent but 
some of these people just got to you know, relax a little bit. Yeah. I think it's important. And again, it does. You can't justify that as like it's as. Don't try to tell me that's marketing, dude. Mm-hmm. Is it really about the dog, or or is it about you? Or is it about you? So you know, and that's what I typically think it is. There's a really interesting. So locally, there's this big story. Um, a dog. I'm gonna try and keep this as vague as possible. Uh, a dog recently was outside, and a mail carrier came up and delivered a package, and the dog bit <laughs> uh, bit the mail carrier and left a trail of blood. And by bit, I mean like the dog fucked the mail carrier up pretty good. Yeah, uh, trail not, of blood, definitely. Yeah, not just a bite, right? So there's this whole thing, right? The dog was evaluated and then sentenced to death. So the change petition went up and, you know, got 50,000 signatures, this, that, and the other thing. And um, everyone, and then the person needs another evaluation on the dog or the dog needs training and it wants to be reevaluated. Um, somehow my name came up. We got the, I got the letter or I got the form submission. Wow. Email. Yeah, right. I don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole though. Um, <laughs> because, well, so it says right in the form submission, nobody wants to touch this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, pfft. Uh, add me to that. Um, but I spoke with the people and it was very much not about the dog. It was very much like, well, the quote unquote, did you see how many signatures this petition got? And I said, sure, but it's not about that. It's about your dog. Oh, right? really? And that, That's gross. Exactly. That was that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I need to confer with my team and uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Uh, that's my line usually. Hey, love I, it, love I, it. Look at my team, aka me. I had a cup of coffee and I was like, nah. Again, took a picture of yourself. Yep. And uh... <laughs> it's just not doing. It. But it's it it's not about again. This is about the dogs. This isn't about you. Nobody follows the art of dog to see me. Nobody follows the Atlanta dog wizard to see you. Nobody follow. Nope. Everybody follows Barefoot Canine to see you. It's all just for a glimpse of that flowing mane. Uh, and, but it, it, and I think a lot of these pages are becoming that, right? A lot of it's becoming about, you know, when you open up my Instagram story, you're probably going to see videos of dogs, right? You should. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's a dog training business page. Well, yeah. yeah and you're smart. You're, you know, you, you have a, a, a separate one uh, because you do like to post personal stuff. That's why I created one too. Like <laughs> when I first started, I just had my, my business page and then like, I was like, well, I I got a wife now and I want to take pictures of our vacation. And I, it's funny every once in a while it'll, it'll pop up in the memories of like us in like Amsterdam. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know why I posted on a business page. What the fuck was I thinking? Whoops. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't do a great job of keeping it separate. I'm not really a huge fan. of. Well, you're not on social media that much. And I try to respect the shit out of you for being able to do that. uh, (laughs) It's been pretty nice, man. I mean, I miss out on some stuff because Facebook specifically is the one that I use the least. And that's one of the ones that's been embraced the most. You know, Instagram, I dig because it's just simple pictures and, you know, you can you can do what you got to do on it. Um, But from a business standpoint, Facebook has has definitely helped me in some ways, but it just turns into a time suck as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's like I'm a part of some some 200 different dog training groups. It's like, bro, I'm not reading that. And it's not because I think I'm better than it or I have nothing to learn. It's because it always devolves into some sort of, you know, either ad hominem attacks about a particular trainer or training method, or it devolves into it's like, well, hey, look at this thing that's been working well for me. Well, that doesn't work for me, and I don't think it works for you. Type of shit. That like, man, that shit drives me crazy, and I can't get down with it. Yeah, you know, I, from what I've noticed, though, it's usually just a few bad apples. I stay away from them as much as I can too. I'm only in a couple, um, and it's it's somebody's always trying. There's all, it's usually the same person. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's pretty great. Same people. And I will say this as like a huge uh, selling point for IACP. You know, um, I love the IACP, and I've gone, you know, all over the place, kind of proselytizing their benefits in a, in a certain regard. Obviously, it's an organization full of human beings, so it's not perfect. But one of the things that has been really, really cool for me is, yeah, Facebook allows me to connect with people. And the thing I do use about Facebook is uh, Facebook Messenger. And that's something that I can use quite a bit of because, you know, I got a lot of friends that live in Australia now and they're never around the same time that I'm around for a phone call. So Facebook Messenger works great for that or, you know, FaceTime, Skype kind of stuff we're doing right now. 
But otherwise, the ICP has been a great opportunity for me to actually get other dog trainers' phone numbers and pick up the fucking phone and call them. I know. There's so many of them that will share a bunch of stuff on Instagram or Facebook and, and those other platforms. But you can have a far more personal conversation with them. You pick up the phone, you give them a call. And I've, I've been able to do that with people ranging from, you know, Francis Metcalf to, you know, Forrest Mickey to yourself or Larry Crone. There's so many people that I can just pick up the phone and call, which has been a huge, huge benefit. And, it, and I just think you get a totally different type of conversation that way than you're ever going to get from uh, a text-based you know, back and forth, unless you're somebody like Nabokov, right? So like this idea that sarcasm can't be conveyed in text, I think just means you're a shitty writer as far as I'm concerned, because <laughs> I mean, there's a, like our history is written, right? And like you mm. get context from that stuff. So I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of just having a conversation. I've really been trying to do that a lot more often. It's just pick up the phone, talk to somebody, you know, drunk FaceTime people like Justin and those are, are cool allegedly no 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 there's no allegedly I'm, I'm admitting <laughs> to it right to now yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm gonna do that to you now um, so I don't know there, there's there's so many positives that come from social media in a lot of ways but I think sometimes it just gets a little overblown to the point where we forget that there's other alternatives I can just pick up the phone and talk to somebody and have an actual conversation which is huge forget that there's a whole world out there Yes, sir. That is one of my, uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts could, about Forrest, though, is mm. that like I don't text him often, mm. but I talk to him on the phone. And I text I him do, all the time. Well, I don't want to. Like I text Chad Mackin all the time. We hardly ever have discussions. I just we just share memes. Uh, so, and that's always nice too. <sighs> so, I could talk for hours about the benefits of actual conversation over textual conversations. It drives me crazy. I, I can't stand like texting back and forth with something. Someone's tone gets lost all the time, unless you really know the person. Sure. You know? Yeah. I text Chad Mackin all the time. Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> talk to him, right? Like, we have, like, two... Nerd. Like... Well, well Chad's a little like, socially uh-huh. awkward, so he, he prefers text. Yeah. That's, that's sure. Fair. Yeah, I'll, that's fair. I'll say that. Yeah. Sweetheart. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go on record. Oh, yeah. sweetie. I love the dude to yeah, death. Sweetheart. That he's, he one of the, he's one of the many people that gave me a hug when I had the... Abruptly leave IACP yeah. um, to go take care of my dog. Yeah, fair enough. I'd hug you. Mm. I know I, you would. I do want to go back though and point out. Uh, I want to specify something that I think is important to note. Um, when you were talking about dog groups and not being a part of them on the Facebook or the internet, mm-hmm. uh, I like to point out that while we may not be a part of these groups, our training does evolve, and I think it's important to note that because I thought about people being sort of stuck in their ways because those bad apples that Justin was referring to tend to be people who are just like, well, no, this is what I learned. So this works. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So there's no other way. And I think it's important that everyone know that you, I don't train every dog the same way. Right. Sure. Conceptually, there's things that stay the same, but the actual training is different. Right. But, and there's always learning going on. Uh, but uh, I think what I, what I wanted out of a lot of those groups was to learn what I didn't get out of those groups was learning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's always stuff to pick up and that might just speak to different levels of experience. Right. So yeah. Medicate your hundred percent, whatever it may be that you, your endeavor is, whether it's jujitsu or, you know, skateboarding or anything, it just doesn't matter. There's, there's levels to it. And again, I never want to come across, like I know all the answers. There's plenty of time people, even when I'm presenting at a seminar, somebody will ask a question. My answer is very often, uh, you know, like the most common and therefore irritating response in all of dog training, which depends on the dog. I can't give you any more information. You know, but learning is really important. I don't know how much you can learn just from somebody else's typed conversation when it comes to something like dog training i'm sure and i know this to be true because it has helped me in the past to learn different concepts at least like aha this guy is actually doing something very similar to me or he's Mm -hmm. doing something that's so ridiculously different i have to reevaluate what i'm doing i think that that does help um you know my my big thing with social media is it just kind of saps a lot of my time and energy and it's it never feels like i've i've spent it wisely or well yeah. Right. So, you know, that's it's kind of addictive, man. 
It's yeah. A, yeah. I think those, the, the text that you read illuminates your path to different things, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I know I don't, I can't participate anymore. Oh. Sure. Makes me sad. I, I never comment on them. <laughs> I, I tried, man. I tried to be helpful here and there, but then it's just, it becomes a whole like. Oh, yeah. I heard the story you were talking about uh, on your last podcast talking about Reddit, and I was like, whew. Yeah. Dead Especially in, in, a for, in a forum like that. Oh, yeah. No way. Like, no way would I say anything. It, it, what you said was so minor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dude. Reddit is beautiful. I love Reddit. I, I, I do. I love Reddit. Too. For I love Reddit too. I just want comment. I just want comment. Mm-hmm. I should have known. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, Justin, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Stuff that you wanted to ask us? Things you wanted to spit some game about? Um, I was just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on something uh, that I found interesting in my travels. Uh, you know, in the past couple of years, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to Europe a couple of times, and you would not believe how well behaved the dogs are there. Mm. Uh, like it's it's insane and they're off leash and it's there's a lot of crazy shit going on. Like I was in Venice, okay, and this is one of the busiest cities in the fucking world. Um, there's literally a million people there during the day. Like cruise ships come in and out, and these are people traveling from England with their dogs and stuff like that. But there's dogs off leash, no issues whatsoever, um, and it's it's crazy. But I mean, the biggest thing I notice is that not every single person was like obsessed with every dog they saw and leaning down and trying to pet it and everything and and, and getting all in in their face. I I mean, one of the things that I've always found fascinating about what we do is like how just different dog training is and and, and how dogs are just in different cities. But like there's a huge jump between us and in, and like other cities over in the world and like in Europe is especially. So as far as experience, I've only been to Europe once, and I went to Iceland, England, and Belgium. Um, I didn't really see even very many dogs in Iceland. I went there in the wintertime, <laughs> and um, I just didn't run into that many dogs. I wasn't just exposed to their dog culture. I do know a really cool dog trainer that lives in Iceland, so um, you know Heidi would probably be a better person to talk to about her particular country in England I saw some dogs in pubs which I was I was a big fan of man it's it's not super common to have pubs here that allow dogs in you know and I think that might have something to do with like health code I don't know but yeah, it's also dogs behave like shit but could be sure but again like there's a certain filtering process that we're likely to go through when we are seeing dogs in whatever country it is that are behaving really well that Right. So yeah. it's like when I've been to Australia, yeah, I saw a lot of really cool, really well-behaved dogs out in public, but that's likely to be partly due to the fact that the dogs that weren't well-behaved were kind of, no, you, you're not welcome. Or there's a, a natural filtering process, perhaps, you know, again, there's, there's people uh, that have more experience uh, with that. The social corrections from the Europeans are probably a lot more harsh than <laughs> they are from... Yeah, yeah. I man, I had a great time in England and Brussels and in Reykjavik. It was a, a, a wonderful wonderful experience and I saw some dogs I mean I mm-hmm. saw way more dogs in Belgium than I saw in both of the other places I was combined it was just hands down you know dog central and those dogs were cool they behave well I didn't see a ton of them just like rocking around off leash however so that that's an experience I didn't get and what leads to that I don't know although I would say in Belgium I think it's probably a historical kind of cultural integration of dog training you know when i met up with a friend there at his ring sport club he essentially told me that there's something like 200 belgian ring sport clubs in belgium with which is a a country on a map that's like the size of my pinky nail it's yeah. a tiny little place but there's tons and tons and tons of dog clubs there so i think it may just be that there's a certain amount of a cultural bias towards yeah. training your dog there I think yeah. a cultural. It's got to be a cultural aspect in general, right? Is it, um, in it didn't didn't Donald McCaig say in was it Eminent Dog Dangerous Man that in Americans are inherently afraid of dogs? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, and that, that reminded me of that, but it could be the way we view dogs here. Right? Dogs sure. are dogs are. Our I think eugenics dogs. plays a part in it too. I honestly mm-hmm. do. From 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 talking to a couple of people out there. I talked to a trainer when I was out in Amsterdam and they were, and they were pretty much like, yeah, um, if, if, if a dog is displaying like, 
that kind of behavior, that 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 dog isn't allowed to <laughs> to be to anymore. Essentially, right? That's the yeah. attitude. A dog is a dog, and a you know, and and don't don't start sending messages about how terrible I am because I already know. <laughs> uh, but there's there's that thing, right? Like, well, you can't possibly do that to that dog. It's just a dog. Like, yeah, we fucked somebody up. Like, you, you can't do that either. But it's a right. dog. They, mm. Yeah, they seem to have their breeding under a lot better control than we do. But from what I saw too. Oh yeah. Well, there's Belgium only has Malinois in the whole country. <laughs> That's, it? That's it. That's it. No, there, there were some turvrons too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Now, I, I just wanted to get you guys a take on that. It's 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 all something. It's one of my favorite parts about traveling is just seeing how people interact with their dogs. Mm. Right, okay, so I literally saw a bull terrier in Venice, and I got video. But I don't know if you guys saw it on. on Instagram. I did. Yes, I did. But like, if if that if that happened like in the middle of Atlanta, people would be running. <laughs> and the bull terrier would be having a fucking badass time chasing them as yeah, well. Blast. Yeah, but it was it was it was beautiful. I was like so proud. And but the ones that you do like like get to like acknowledge and like if you say hi to them, like if if you know like the dog is hanging out for long enough, I would like squat down and say hello. They're like super stoked that you're saying hi to them. Mm-hmm. They're, but they're not jumping all over you. They're they're not being an asshole. It's just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful culture. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what causes we, it or, or what kind of selection pressure is there to, to make it something that's happening. If, if it'd be tough for us to find work there, I'll tell you that. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's just, you know, kind of a certain amount of confirmation bias because I, I had a little bit of that the first time I went to Australia. Jessica and I were up in Queensland and just went to this taco spot at night and we're just hanging out, mm-hmm. eating some tacos. Mm-hmm. But there was something like four or five Kelpies just rocking out on the patio. One was tied to a tree over here. One was just sitting at the table next to us. There was two of them that were literally playing in the grass like 10 feet off of the patio. And everybody just kind of accepted it as normal. That's awesome. The more I've been there, the more I also recognize there's still a bunch of very poorly behaved dogs there. Sorry, Australia, right? Like you guys have have poorly behaved dogs too, and they know it because there's there's professional dog trainers there that, you know, purposely target those as their market as they should. So, uh, all of that being said, uh, maybe it is just where we're seeing them, right? Because you can go to certain places in Buffalo, and there's a bunch of badass, well behaved dogs hanging out on patios and just doing regular dog stuff. They're not pulling people on the end of leash, acting like jerks. They're my clients. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's fair to say they got more or less. I really just don't have that much experience. No, no, I don't, I don't either. You know, it's, it's a very uninformed like opinion and guessing and just talking to one trainer while I was out in Amsterdam sure. a, a yeah. couple of years ago. I mean, it's, it's just, a, they have a whole different philosophy, like about like personal responsibility, like, mm. you know, yeah. like if Amsterdam or Venice were in the United States, there would be fences all along the canals. So that idiots wouldn't fall in there. You know, Amsterdam, like six people a year fall in the canal taking a piss and die. And that's an acceptable loss to them, <laughs> you know? Sure. And those are just, those are just idiots. And, uh, that's Darwinism. But, yeah. And I don't know. Um, well, good luck to us ever getting that way, way here. But I don't think it'll ever happen. Nah, it's too much responsibility. Uh, there's too many roadblocks, I think, in the American psyche. You know, we don't take super well to people telling us what to do. Yeah, and we're also a shitload more people. <laughs> and armed to the fucking teeth. <laughs> a fucking man. Uh, so, a uh, question we've been trying to ask everybody we have on here. You a philosopher or a madman? You know, philosopher, it, it just if you call yourself a philosopher, I don't, did like Socrates ever say he was a philosopher, you know, or like Nietzsche? Or Who's like that? I don't know. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That just that almost sounds like uh like like if Nietzsche called himself a philosopher, he would probably also take a selfie video of him of, of him yelling about stuff. Um, so I I, I got to go with Madman. I I, I I think I'm pretty crazy. Beautiful. I dig it. I love you guys. Love you too, fam. Love you. Man. How uh, how can people get a hold of Sir Justin Hall? Um, you can uh, follow at Atlanta dog wizard on Instagram. Um, 
and I might as well just go ahead and out myself if you want to go ahead and follow. No, don't at- do it. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> do it. I've had so many people hit me up trying to weasel their way into knowing who it is. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, but that's that's your best way if you want to. You know, I don't I don't know any any of you, so I'm not going to give you my personal um, insta out there. Uh, but I want to ask you guys. So mm-hmm. if, if 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 I was to start a podcast, could I? Uh, would you guys? individually want to be guests on it because I'm, I'm, I think I'm finally going to get my shit together and do this. No, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, dude, absolutely. You know that. Of course. Um, I've, I've only been pushing you to, to do a podcast for probably as long as most people have been pushing us to redo. I know. I know. So. I, I know. And I, 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 this is just fun to actually talk to you guys and have an excuse to, to talk about this shit, and, you know, whether anybody listens to it, I hope they do for you guys. But for me personally, I don't, I don't care. Like it's just fun to like have a format and, 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 and talk. And, um, it's been great. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you guys so much no, for having man, me on. Thanks for coming on. It's been great to have Appreciate you, and, you. And, and help us kind of get our shit together and, and figure out, you know, how to consistently put forth a, a little bit of, you know, just, I don't want to say purely BS time, but, uh, you know, when we started the podcast, we didn't want it to be exclusively about dog training. And that's something we're we're still kind of monkeying around with. But instead of just about dog training, about people who but are You guys really want to talk about improv comedy. We can talk about that next time. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> I mean, down. Yeah. I want to participate. Um, Let's do this. Um, you guys you guys would kill at it. You know, after after a little bit of training for me, you guys would do great. Beautiful. I don't do it that I don't I don't do it that much anymore. Then but, you can uh, hook me up with Victoria <laughs> Stillwell, fam. Ooh, yeah. that hurts. I know. That. I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? Real quick, Ooh. they asked me to judge a costume contest here in East Atlanta Village a couple yeah. of weeks back, and I was like, "Hmm." In a, in, a, in a small farmers market with up to a hundred dogs in costumes on leash, I'll pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a great and, idea. and then I saw, and then I saw a flyer. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't told you this. And then I saw a flyer. Guest judge Victoria Stillwell. That's amazing. <laughs> so. I, they asked her after me, dude. Beautiful, beautiful. Is she? Does she That's live in Atlanta awesome. or something? Yeah, she lives in Atlanta. She's oh, harassed man. two. She's harassed two of my clients for wearing e-collars. Beautiful. And um, and when I drove by said farmers market, there was at least one fight going on. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's going to be a hard pass for me. Yeah. I can't believe I've, I haven't told you that yet. Yeah. Hard That's pass. Fantastic. All right, All right, guys. All right, dude. We're going to stop recording and. Uh, Great to see you as always, bud. All right, brother.